Just a little warning, this podcast has some swearing in it. Welcome to Phone and with Honan. Welcome to the party. Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome back to the podcast. It's been a long time. Let me just check how long it's been. Honan with Honan podcast. March. March the 25th. That was a long time ago. That's what you get with Nola Honan, Phone with Honan podcast. A little bit of irregularity just to keep you on your toes. If you've been tuned in to Phone in with Honan over the last however many series, uh, this latest series is our podcasts with me speaking to artists who have remixed songs from my album Doubt and Reckoning. The album came out last year in August and I've been releasing a remix every sort of month or so. And now we're very close to the full album being out uh, in a couple of weeks, Friday the 23rd of July. Wait, is that next week? It's next week. <laughs> the whole album's coming out. There's there's another half a dozen tracks that you haven't even heard yet. But today I'm talking to the guys who made the most recent remix to be released, a remix of Part of Something, which is um, a big sort of relentless guitar rock anthem on my album. And it was remixed by Twin Siblings and Rainbow Slicer who are two guys who live together. Nice guys, very nice guys. Uh, let me introduce them. First is Jake Healy, so he is twin siblings, and also noisemaker for a Bristol band called Sugar Horse, who are super cool, and they've just announced a tour, actually, and uh, releases, check them out. And his collaborator on the remix is Ben Harris, the artist known as Rainbow Slicer, and Ben is also noisemaker for Bristol-based Ojive's big band, Again, very cool band. So I speak to Ben and Jake in January. I tried to speak to each artist around the time that they kind of made the track, even even though that wasn't when it was coming out. I kind of wanted the process to be fresh fresh in their mind. I've been really enjoying uh, recording and then listening back to these processes. And I really love hearing people try and talk about how we make music and how we make art, how we start, how we how we stay once we've started, how to move forward. Because it's impossible to explain, but we constantly try. I'm reading a book at the moment called Art and Fear. In It's a kind of short book about trying to explain how we do what we do. And it, it it's kind of a strange thing to try and do, but I really, I really love hearing us try. <laughs> Today's episode, we talk about the remix, but we also, what else pops up? Why we hate guitar shops and horrible experiences in guitar shops horrible sound palettes I say the f word a lot today I don't know why well thinking back it was January it was a hard time um I was quite depressed so maybe that's why maybe I was releasing a bit of anger but I do say the f word a lot in today's podcast so extra warning if you're listening with kids or are uh, offended by the f word we also say the word banger about 15,000 times so strap in. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Here's my chat with Jake of Twin Siblings and Ben of Rainbow Slicer. And here's a little taste of the remix of Part of Something.
Hello. Hey. Hey. How you doing? Oh, you both just. Oh no, there's a video. Yay. <laughs> Hi. How's it going? This is nice. I normally do them one to one, so I we're all we're, we can just all be out of it. Are you do are you guys feeling in your podcast depth or out of your podcast depth? How do you mean? How yeah? I'm just how feeling. Deep is the depth? <laughs> I'm feeling slightly out because there's two people, but I'm sure I can handle a conversation with more than one. <laughs> Maybe I won't remember how. Um, I only talked to Chris. Chris is in the kitchen making a chili. Uh, listening to a podcast about Bitcoin. Nice. Um, so that's what I have to look forward sure. to. Sure. Why not? Why how not? Are you, how, how are you guys today? One at a time. Jake, how are you? Very well, actually. Not too bad at all. Yeah. Not bad for a Tuesday, I must admit. Like, usually Tuesdays suck, but this has been a pretty good one. Something to look not... forward to as well, isn't it? Doing Having a yeah. fun chat. Yeah. It's just been on my mind all day. I haven't prepared any answers, so... Oh, I hope there's no surprises. No. <gasps> what about you, Ben? How are you? Yeah, pretty good, likewise. Um, it's good to have an activity to do. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, I'd, uh, I'm not sure when this one will be released, but for listeners, in case it matters to the context, we are right at the beginning of lockdown three. Would you stay? We're still at the beginning. I feel like we're still in the It's only week two. Oh, no, wait, is it week three? Oh my God! See, it's week three of lockdown. I'm just gonna. It's the end of January. <laughs> I couldn't um... even. I couldn't say. I don't even know when it started. I just assume that that's what it is all the time now. It's just always lockdown. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> ben, I so like I know I know both of you through Chris, um, because you work with him, and I know Jake a bit more. But Ben, I don't. We don't really know each other, but I, I, I have this strong vibe that you were the person at PMT guitar store that I had probably the single most pleasant like guitar shop experience <laughs> would that have been oh, that's you good to hear. yeah well yeah we talked about this um because the only time you met was the Christmas fight yeah right um and we did talk about this briefly I think I sold you a Fender Tweedam that's yeah I think uh, well, it's not Tweed, but Blues Junior, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I feel like, it, you know, it was a big deal having, like, a nice time in a guitar shop, but I don't think it ought to be. Like, I mean, all that really happened was that you were really nice and you listened to me and then you were really helpful and suggested nice suggest nice helpful things <laughs> why it seems pretty straightforward right <laughs> why are guitar shops such like hideous unapproachable places tell me from the inside i don't know well i remember when i used to go to guitar shops but that before i worked in one years ago but i always used to go in really baked so it was hard for me to separate the anxiety of the actual experience from me just getting approached all the time and just being like oh no uh and then just trying to walk away from people I think, I don't know, like Jake was saying that as well, that it's it can be kind of an intimidating experience, which it doesn't really need to be. Um, well, and I, I thought it was maybe because I was a uh, female and then all my male friends have said they feel pretty much the same. But um, Yeah, um, I don't know if there's this, I don't know, like, I don't know if people have this kind of attitude, a certain attitude. Well, maybe I'd like to think it stems from pride, you know, pride in like knowing 
what you know and loving music and loving instruments and I don't know weird maybe, I don't know maybe some people forget what it's like to not know certain things yeah um, maybe they get remember, annoyed at dumb questions yeah which is silly because at, at some point everyone didn't know what an e-string was or how to play the guitar so yeah everyone was that person at some point so you just gotta kind of keep that in mind you know? um, yeah it's definitely whatever's like the new thing for me like I'm not because I've been playing like playing with guitar pedals was terrifying I didn't know how like I didn't want to play with them in the shop in front of people I didn't want to experiment with them I didn't know how to experiment with them but now that I've been experimenting for a couple of years like I'm it's fine and I can just go and have a silly time in a shop and ask yeah. questions and it's definitely just like whatever bit of knowledge you don't know but that's the whole reason of going into a guitar shop otherwise yeah <laughs> yeah how, I what, think people, maybe it feels if you don't know what if you're unfamiliar with like pedals or something being in a guitar shop and playing is kind of weirdly like a performance. Yeah, totally. So it's like doing a performance with a bunch of stuff you can't use. Or... PMT has those booths, though, with the glass doors, so you can kind of close yeah. them and and pretend that people aren't there. How do you feel about guitar shops, Jake? Oh, um, I guess I hate them to a certain extent. <laughs> um, you know, uh, probably for the same reasons. I don't, I mean... I don't like getting approached pretty much. I guess that's that's the thing that turns me off is having to speak to someone. Mm. <laughs> and I'm trying to and I think I remember when I was a teenager and I was trying out a pedal and a guitar shop on my own and I was playing. I thought I was really rocking out, you know, and I got asked to turn down. And I think that that was it for me, you know. I never wanted to play in front of anyone <laughs> ever again. It's like one <laughs> negative comment, doesn't it, from your past? It's all it takes. Just... It's all it takes. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you kept going. Me too. Hey, you guys uh, collaborated on this remix of Part of Something. And I have to say, for a couple of people who usually make a lot of horrible noise, it's got just really nice noises in it. <laughs> <laughs> It's um, a progression. It's a natural progression from horrible to nice, right? We've done horrible so much that it's time to do some nice things. We're bored with horrible, you know? It's got to be nice now. <laughs> Used up all our horrible. <laughs> yeah. Because your sound palettes, like listening to... Because I've listened to Twin Siblings a bit more. I just jumped into a couple of your bands, Ben, before we came on. I've never heard your music, but is it O-Jives? Or O... Say that... Uh. You did it. Perfectly. Oh, Jives. Oh, Jives, yeah, big band. That's such a rarity that's, as well. That's how <laughs> I wanted it to be. Oh, Jives, big band. I love that so much. I want to come oh, and see a show when it happens again. And also Rainbow Slicer. Like, it's all just great stuff. But you, Thank you're sat each of those, like, projects. And obviously, Jake, you've got Twin Siblings, which is your solo project, and then Sugar Horse, which is your noisy band. Like this remix is such a different sound palette. How did you find? Tell me about like finding the sounds for this remix. Well, I guess hearing the song originally, and I think the vocals in the original version of the song, I should say, you know, they made me think of like disco for some reason. I don't know. You it was something to do you with telling me that. You were <laughs> like, like when you asked if we could do it, you said like. LCD sound system or something. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I could picture this. I kind of exactly. Yeah, just like a, I could picture this 
yeah, like a big old 70s disco song. I'm yeah. not able to make a big old 70s disco song. So uh, what came out is probably mine too. It probably came out a bit more, I don't know. I think it came out harsher than a 70s disco song. But yeah, <laughs> I remember just hearing the vocal and thinking that'd be really good behind like a four to the floor beat, you know, kind of thing. And I would, I just remember, I think it started with me sort of humming it, right? And in my head and imagining the drums at the start and stuff. Mm. kind of picturing it which i never usually do with music too much like usually it's you kind of uh, throw stuff for a wall and hope it's still or whatever i just think oh well, i'll do <laughs> whereas this one i was really kind of thinking about it and it was mainly the drums really like the drums against the vocals and then yeah. you realize that the vocals themselves could paint this picture if you chop them up and turn them into kind of like a different melody than what is happening in the original and at what point did you take it to ben I guess I, what would you say, Ben? It was like just kind of the intro, maybe, maybe when the drums kind of get going. Not, to, I mean, if everyone's ever heard this song, if, 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 I'll pl I'll play them like, bits. Um, yeah, so they'll, they'll know. <laughs> um, yeah, you're cutting out. Here's the drums Jake's talking about, and then we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> Those are drums. Wow, are drums. amazing drums. <laughs> <laughs> I really hear the drums. Uh, and then, yeah, I think I had that first bit and it was real rough. <laughs> um, but it was... I think you had most of the song, I think. Um, or like the majority of it mapped out in quite a skeletal form, as you say. So it was mostly uh, kind of the, the drums are mapped out for the majority of it, I think. And it was mostly just like drums and vocals, I think. Yeah, and then we re-recorded it with Ben. Like we basically started again from scratch, knowing what we had previously done, and just tried to fine-tune it and get the sounds as good as possible, basically. Yeah, because you were doing it all on your eight-track. Eight-track, little portable eight-track. Yeah, tell you can't me, really do much tell with. me about the gear. Because when, when you say like you started recording it all again, like what, what are you recording? Um, well, I started on this little kind of portable Boss eight-track, like a demo thing, which I use quite a lot. Um, it's just real it's not it's not connected to any computers or anything so what i had was just that i couldn't really edit it you know i couldn't say oh that that section should go on longer it, it was how i recorded it and where are you getting your drum sounds have you got a drum machine or something yeah i've, I've got like a boss drum machine again boss but uh, that's i've had that since i was 14 15 <laughs> maybe that's literally i use it for every song i write it's like it's kind of like my main instrument um it's like a doctor rhythm thing um, with loads of like presets and cool rock sounds, but what's really good about it is that you can fine-tune samples on there and pitch shift them and do all different weird stuff to them. Okay, and then you're recording that into the A-track. So yeah, it, I think because on the A-track it was tricky to get things to land like perfectly in time. Yeah, uh, which partly... is important for disco. <laughs> Very yeah, <important. laughs> can't have everything just flaming. Um, so you just sort of recreated all the bits in uh, in Reaper so that okay, yeah. we could see the actual sound files yeah. and actually have quite a lot of flexibility in terms of editing stuff or just moving stuff around. Yeah. And I find it quite difficult, Jake's much more experienced with the 8-track, I find it quite difficult not having um, a visual element or something like that. Yeah. Um, to be able to see 
where things are and how they interact kind of helps me understand sort of how, the, how the song goes. And do you yeah. guys collaborate much? You live together. We do. Yeah, we, well, before lockdown, before everything, um, quite often as Twin Siblings and Rainbow Slicer, we do like semi-improv gigs where we'd set up like Ben would have kind of drum machines and a pedal board and I'd have um, just a keyboard and maybe your vocals and we'd just do like a half hour set. Some of them like were pretty, well, as you said, horrible noise. But some of them are pretty nice. Uh, we we did one just before lockdown, I think in January last year, I want to say, maybe. Where like was in, in the base. I think that was the exchange basement. That, maybe was, that was the sev- 17th of November. Okay, wow. It was, yeah, a, it was a birthday. It was a birthday thing. Yeah, and that was amazing. that was really good. I felt like we were really it was kind of coming together, and since then, you know, but we'd do it again as soon as we can gig again, because it's kind of like a really fun. You just throw all your you just don't care really about anything. It's just like let's just do mad stuff and see what happens. Yeah, because yeah. the context is it's an improv gig. Yeah. Does that? It's, take away the pressure for it to be good yeah, absolutely yeah I'd I mean, I very really care increases about it. the pressure <laughs> for it to be good increases I mean, in sense, the pressure well in a sense it's like in my head i'm just like come up with something good now <laughs> yeah okay you can just like set stuff off and yeah. then you're like oh that sounds pretty cool and then you can kind of run with that and yeah. tweak it so i think the the start is the hardest bit yeah. once you go in it's it kind of looks after itself yeah, we're relying on like patterns that we key in into into like drum machines and keyboards and hoping it kind of works with the mood and everything. But quite often, I yeah, I, I find it really fun, you know. Um, and if there's a mistake or something, I mean, <laughs> nobody's going to notice, to be honest. Yeah, but I think that's <laughs> what I meant. I think noise. that's what I meant. I didn't mean it wouldn't. It, there's no pressure for it to be good. But I think there's that like understanding in the room from everyone that you're making it up and and that anything could happen and so when anything happens it's kind of acceptable yeah yeah also there's no there's no reference so you can't you technically you can't get it wrong because you're not trying to play a song that you've made i find writing in general like just what you said ben it's the the start is always that's the hardest part is starting and then once you're in i can kind of explore and move and go from here but yeah starting is the hardest part i find i have to really um trick play like mind tricks with with myself to start i don't know what i'm going in the studio at the moment and one of the common things i'm doing at the moment is purposefully like i'm gonna write something really cheesy about the sky and once you i kind of start singing a song at the piano about the sky then then i'm in it and then it goes away from the sky and becomes you know but like how do you how do you approach the start what's your what's your trick (laughs) and do you find it terrifying just keep pushing buttons, and then when something good happens, <laughs> that's the beginning. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, like that on piano and guitar. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of false starts. I would yeah. say there's a lot of false starts. There's a lot of people looking at you, and you kind of want to say everything that just happened for the last five minutes. Forget about that. Yeah, have a sound check. That's not. This real. is this is yeah. real good now. Remember yeah. that stuff? That was rubbish. This yeah. is real good. <laughs> pushing buttons. <laughs> pushing buttons. <laughs> and I want to ask each of you how this 
making a remix differs for you, how that process differs for you from writing for Twin Siblings or writing for Rainbow Slicer. Jake, you said with this, you you heard a vocal and then you heard the thing to go with it and it doesn't normally happen like that. Like what's the difference in Twin Siblings music? Well, how does uh, the process? Twin Siblings music, usually the worst thing about it is the vocals, whereas this one was definitely the best <laughs> thing about it was the vocals. So that was one <laughs> huge difference. Um, but it, I just Do felt... you start with vocal though, with Twin Siblings? No, but it's always like the bit that I hate doing, you know? Um, to be honest, uh, <laughs> just because what I hear in my head doesn't always translate as well as I'd like to. But maybe mm. a lot of singers are like that, to be honest. I don't really know. I've never asked. <laughs> but um, what was different about this? Uh, I thought a lot more about um, how it would. I think when I write music for Twin Siblings, I write music kind of for me in a way. I mean, yeah. that sounds. But yeah, I don't really care about what people are going to think of it ever. Um, it's more like, well, I like this. This is fun. This is exciting, right? You yeah. said about find an idea or something yeah. and it really sends you. That's yeah. the bit I like. Yeah. Uh, that's what it's for. Whereas this was like, how is it gonna how are people gonna react in a sense? Not in a not in a not in a negative way. Who's like people like me or my fans or just anyone? Yeah, I think anyone. And I think yeah. you, obviously, there was a bit, I would say there was definitely, you wanted to make it good because I didn't want to send you something which like yeah. sucked, right? <laughs> yeah. That would, that would be well awkward for this. Um, So I like... Yeah, when you just... sent it to me and I said I really liked it, which I do, I love it. It's a banger, I love it. You were, re you said you were relieved. And yeah, I just, definitely. I just didn't ex... I was very naive about the remix process with everyone. I didn't expect anyone to be worried about what I thought, but that's I think that's quite naive because like someone's someone's like got my song in their hands and they're pulling it apart and uh of course that's going to make people wonder what I think, but I I was just I think I just had a very um yeah, but yeah, you said that you were relieved, which I think yeah, was... I was. I, I just, I just didn't want it to be bad, and I didn't want you to think it was bad. <laughs> firstly, because like, if you think it's good, then we're probably onto onto a winner, right? <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, yeah. It'd be so like... awkward if we sent over and you're like, I, I really hate it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Um, we'll, we'll just do a different one. I just yeah. hadn't thought like when I started getting lots of people to do remixes, I did didn't think about what would happen if one came back and I didn't like it. Um, so I've been really lucky. <laughs> yeah, I've been really lucky. What about you, Ben? How does making a remix or maybe even making a track with Jake, like how is that different from your process of Rainbow Slicer? Well, something I really enjoy about something like that is kind of on the other side of things creatively. So if I was doing something in a solo project, I'm yeah. kind of responsible for creating all of the content, mm. um, which it, it can be a kind of pressure situation if you're trying to do something and you're kind of responsible for everything. Mm. It's nice to play with someone else's ideas because all the all the main bits are there and then you just get to kind of like move stuff around and bounce off it. Um, yeah, and like just manipulate things. So the, the, the core of everything is there and then you can just sort of start switching stuff around, which isn't something that I'd be doing in my own process until much later on mm. so that just being the process in itself is really enjoyable mm. um, and the vulnerability isn't your responsibility either in terms of that 
part of the content I mean there's always vulnerability in making your creativity but does it feel like some of that is taken away as well in a way it's less personal I suppose yeah feel less responsible for for the actual the actual ideas mm. um and but is yeah that, obviously is that what allows you to make something completely different is that what gives you permission to be like well I don't it doesn't have to fit into the my expectation of like the music that I'm making so we can go we can aim for 70s disco and end up with this like <laughs> incredible banger you I might think be that, right there yeah I mean I agree with what Jake was saying earlier like the the ideas kind of use guide you um as much as we make a lot of horrible noises with our music I think that kind of stuff is still... <laughs> that was just like a bit of bounce. <laughs> I don't want that to come through the podcast. I no, really no, like fine. a music. Not... I was talking about the Some palette. Some of it's deliberately horrible. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it is. It's like the palette that you're using. And I just really <laughs> like going from what you guys make normally and going to this is like, it like everything has loads of attack and everything is like really like bright and everything is like punching out at you and which I really love I just think it's such a mm. banger and everything's quite clean even though like you've fucked around with the vocal and distorted it it's, it's still like everything sounds sort of like I don't know it's clean maybe it's not clean maybe you should go back and listen to it but <laughs> yeah that's kind of what I meant was not that these are good sounds and that they're normally they're horrible. I meant horrible's you know. fine, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I love horrible that. Sounds. That's yeah. how I describe my yeah. music all the time, honestly. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just easier I, that way. <laughs> I think maybe it's different. It's quite different to like a lot of our output, maybe. But I think it probably resonates with quite a lot of our listening habits. So okay. it doesn't feel particularly unnatural mm. to to do something like that. Yeah, nice. Um, That's nice. Just, but by having the source material be what it is, that helps kind of push it in that direction. I think yeah. um, it probably wouldn't be within my instincts to sort of make a Rainbow Slicer song that sounded like the 70s disco song. Yeah. It might happen at some point, but yeah, the source material kind of pushed it in that sort of direction. I love that idea that it, that although it might not sound the same as your output, your regular output, that it is within like the sound, you know, what you're listening to. Because I, it's so funny when people watch a gig and they come up to you afterwards and say, wow, I loved that you sounded like this person. And and it's like, I am, the music that I'm listening to is doesn't sound like, the music that I'm making like that's so sometimes it frustrates me it's like I want to be making the kind of music that I'm listening to and then you you grab the feeling of whatever you're listening to makes you feel and I try and put it into my music and it's just like not there because it's me I'm not that person but like I like that a remix might bring that closer I think that's interesting yeah that definitely happened for sure I think one of the worst things that can happen sometimes if you're a creative person is to get influenced by something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you, you, you sh it's very hard sometimes to stick to what your original maybe agenda was. Yeah. And you hear something, it could be anything, and you think, oh, I could do something like that. It's like, no, you have to be really, really strict. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you just get confused. Or oh, I do. Um, but yeah, this was definitely like, it definitely, as Ben said, like, we listen to a lot of. I guess poppy stuff, I would say, you know, um, 
you know, Italo Disco was the is, is a huge thing. <laughs> so the start of the song reminds me of Soft Cell in a way, and I love Soft Cell, so that's yeah. one example. You yeah. know, I was like, oh, this is great. It sounds like Soft Cell. Brilliant. Yeah, and then so, in know. the final mix, there's some new layers. I um, it's just really got like the vo- all of a sudden the vocal feels like a pop vocal. And I love that. And I didn't hear that in the original. And I think that's really cool that you did. Um, but yeah, I just, inst- I guess the first time I heard it, um, it just instantly made me think like, that would be really good. And that's kind of where it started. I may have mentioned the, the remix thing to you at some point. I can't remember how this whole thing kind of started, but I just remember thinking that distinctively very early on here in it. Yeah. It would be really good to do something like that over it. I mean, I'm, I'm more familiar with, much more familiar with the remix itself. So my frame of reference is yeah. in the context of what that sounds like. Right. I've heard it like a hundred times or something right now. Have you listened to, have you, now you've made it, have you listened to the original? This is, I'm not fishing, but I'm saying like, were you, because Jake brought you the track as like his vision of it. <clears throat> like what you were saying about influences before, if I really, really, love something and kind of my instinct is to want to try and sound like that yeah sometimes I almost end up not listening to that thing that I like because I'd be a little bit crushed if someone just thought I was like ripping that person off yeah so it's the same kind of thing with the original track I listened to it a couple of times but like me and Jake were talking before about remixes and saying how it should kind of sound like its own thing yeah it should stand up as a track on its own Mm -hmm. um so yeah, I didn't want to be too heavily influenced by the original track. Yeah. I just hear mostly I just heard the vocals really. A couple yeah. of little bits of guitar. Yeah. It's like a little drum loop or something. But that's it was in the context of the remix. That's really interesting. I think that's cool that you that's how you entered the song. Are you guys um is this a thing now? Are you gonna do remixes? We are doing yeah. another one. Are you? Uh, we're doing another one. Yeah. So we sort of swap the process around a little bit. Okay. So it's like I've started off the process and then got to a point uh, and sent it to Jake. And now we're at a point where Jake's going to come and sort of start working on it with me. So he's got the, the skeletal thing. And yeah. now I'm going to come back and listen yeah. to it. And yeah, it should be good. I'm really looking forward to it, uh, doing it again. As we said, like we do think remixes should be their own thing. I think mm. we have a we have particular ideas of what a remix should be. Um, I find sometimes some remixes. Oh, I just I just feel I feel like they just should be bangers all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, if I can't, I, I, that's my that's my whole agenda is just to make bangers. But and I feel like I feel short change if a remix doesn't like make me want to dance or something. So I'm looking forward to the idea of just taking songs and like. I don't know, just turn them into disco songs. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Remix kind of has that connotation, doesn't it? The term remix. Yeah, but this like... is one of, at the moment, this this is the only, oh, there's a couple of others that are dancey, but this is really the only banger on on the on the record. I thought, that... I thought there'd be more, you know. No one, <laughs> I really yeah. did. Like, I thought there'd be, as maybe what part of my worry when we sent it to you was I was worried, like, is it is it does it go that far is it as you know should it be you know should it be <laughs> it bang hard than, enough yeah, should it <laughs> it, bang hard it enough? yeah bangs so hard i just dance like when <laughs> when i listen to it i'm just giddy and i'm dancing yeah no i mean i guess it's like some of the artists came to me and said they wanted to remix and some of the ones i 
asked and invited them. And some of the people I asked are very like ambient electronica sound mm. soundscape, you know, like um yeah, just very like ambient. So so a few of them are really ambient, which I love. Um, but I love the I was I wanted some bangers as well. Um, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Well, we, glad we could sort out the bangers. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's great. Yeah. Jake, you really surprised me by having and such a strong opinion about like remixes have to be bangers well i did i realized that after i said it i was a bit like oh it sounds awful like no I it do doesn't like... i i love when people have strong opinions especially when like of course there's like loads of like exceptions I, to all of those rules yeah, but, like i like... love that you just threw that out there <laughs> i just you know what i mean i maybe it's it yeah i do be... know what you mean i do know what you what do you think ben when you think of remix like do you have an expectation like that well when jake says that it makes me think of like the the remix has something to prove like <laughs> that it can be the bangiest banger <laughs> that version was... of that possible <laughs> song well that it can kind of like live up to what live up to being as good as the song but in a different way yeah so by yeah. it being a banger is kind of making yeah. a, a strong statement yeah you know? um i i mean i a lot of remixes are bangers and i do kind of tend to like those i don't have as strict rules um mm -hmm. although i do think it's quite hard to pull off something that's understated mm. the remix mm. because oh i can't wait for you guys to hear the others it's it's like if it if it's really understated, it's like this quiet voice being drowned out by the actual song, maybe. Yeah. It seems it does seem like an odd direction to kind of go in, but mm. I don't think my rules are as strict as Jake. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to come across as someone who has strict rules. <laughs> it just reminds me of being in the mid two thousands, buying a single and getting realizing and getting this the club remix. And I then like... I guess like in back in the nineties, it was a real thing to have like an EP of remixes, and like there was like the club remix and it was called it, like the club remix it was so that songs could get played in clubs that wouldn't normally get played in clubs right mm. like yeah i think it was just an extension of a promotion yeah. of a single right <laughs> like yeah let's get it out there let's get another single out there and it's like they've paid someone someone well i just read mariah carey's memoir and interestingly her label had her pinned really hard in adult contemporary and ballads and she really was she was working with loads of guys from oh my god is it Def Jam is that the, the, label, label? the label, yeah. yeah and she was working with all those guys like on the weekends and making all these bangers and the club remixes were her way of releasing the kind of music she wanted to release that the label weren't letting her release which I think is also interesting 90s angle i guess because that was a brand and it was a business they're like this is yeah. what you do so, you make us all a lot of money keep doing it yeah yeah well and, and the irony is bangers are not normally a risk so i, would, I think they would encourage it yeah i definitely listening to your remix is like oh one of the songs from my album might get played in a club now like <laughs> <laughs> never would have before so i love that guys before we go it would be remiss of me not to ask about your creative process in the context of this last year that we've just been through. As you guys just said, like the last time you played one of your improv shows was November, 2019. So you live in this house together and I get the feeling there's a few musicians and there's a basement, which sounds like you have a bit of a setup. but Ben, what about you? Like, 
you can be doom and gloom if you want, or you can kind of talk about the positives of being stuck at home for a year. But like, <laughs> what's your what's your vibe been in creativity in the last year in in this fucked up year? Well, obviously, band stuff's kind of tricky. I think um, mm. in terms of band projects, it helps to be in the room to sort of yeah any kind of momentum going. Mm. With just big band, we did actually record a like a live session thing for our Arc Tangent. Um, which was really good, but yeah, having having something to aim for really helps yes. those yeah. type of things actually happen. At this point, I'm sort of writing music for that, but okay, without an actual thing to aim for, it's mm. quite hard as a collective for everyone to feel like kind of pushing it forward. I think, mm. um, which totally makes sense. Everyone feels different in this kind of current situation. Um, with solo stuff like Rainbow Slicer. Um, I did put something out at the end of November, I think, um, just a couple of tracks. But I think it's important not to force yourself to be productive. So when it when it feels like it's a, a good thing to do, then just mm. kind of do it, and then it mm. feels good. But I think if you force it, mm. then you feel bad about it, mm. and then you just end up feeling worse. So I've tried to kind of still be productive, but balance it with feeling okay with just not doing anything at all like that's completely fine and yeah kind of necessary mm. to like recharge um nothing yeah forcing yourself to be productive is, is kind of um counterintuitive so just I... when it, when you feel like doing it yeah. then just kind of try and try and embrace it and if you don't feel like doing it that's also fine I remember when the first lockdown happened March and and we was kind of as we were getting like a month or so in musicians online were like wow look I've written like a whole new album already I've got so much time and writing and writing and writing and writing and I was just like just just like the alchemy of this situation is not producing free-flowing creative energy for me <laughs> and I just I really had to embrace that that mantra that you're saying of just like that's just okay don't force to be productive so I just didn't do it I just I just focused on other stuff and I was creative in other ways like I made other little things that weren't like songwriting and then like from October it's just going it's just happening so I'm just like great do it while you can until like <laughs> the next time it goes away. Yeah. And I think it's always like that, right? Creative, like writing, writing and the things that we make and productivity, I feel like always happens in those, but it feels like there's this extra reason to ask ourselves, are we being productive and are we making <clears throat> things? I guess we have all that time to sort of think about yeah, that stuff yeah. now. But it's, it's a, a whole new different situation. So I think it's important yeah. that you gave yourself time to adjust to that. Yeah, because yeah, how you're feeling mentally is, is going to be yeah. it's going to be different, and it's new as well. So. And I think I was like the, exactly <clears throat> what you said. There was with the band, it was like there was nothing to work towards, and so there was no reason to kind of get together and rehearse because it wasn't writing new stuff. Because I was the album was about to come out, and I was working towards the album, but that wasn't all of a sudden that wasn't working towards touring the album. So I really like I struggled with like uh with without feeling the people and the musicians around me but now what I'm enjoying about writing is that I don't have to think about the band and I don't have to take the song straight to the band and be limited by the sounds that that band can make in that room I'm like demoing with lo all the different instruments I can and loads of vocal harmonies that would just be impossible to pull off live so it's kind of I think 
yeah, I've adapted my process. What about you, Jake? How's your process been the last year? Oh, my own process has been non-existent, really. Mm. <laughs> As you said about people writing write lockdown albums. I yeah, think fuck Twin off. <laughs> yeah, Twin Siblings as a thing, as an idea, is meant to be like miserable piece of shit in a in a bedroom having a terrible time music right and everyone was doing that last year so <laughs> um you're not special anymore it's been done right you know <laughs> so but also I... they're not even all out yet like i feel like at the end of this summer 2021 this is gonna be like we're gonna be drowning in albums of bedroom albums yeah so i just figured well i just didn't didn't feel it you know i yeah i didn't want to be one of many doing that yeah. um i was lucky with sugar horse i guess because we we were ash who does you know a lot of the writing in sugar horse had had the opposite of me and had like a huge creative out like yeah. moment so we were lucky in that we managed to get stuff done quite a bit which is, and the timings of how we could come out of lockdown and get stuff done and then oh we're back into another lockdown it just okay. kind of worked out it was dead was, lucky was he sending demos remotely for you guys to work on at home or you yeah it was completely yeah. different to what i'm used to but i really enjoyed it it was yeah he'd send sort of phone demos maybe and um once we got the chance to be in a rehearsal room he we'd pick a song from this one a list of demos and say this is the one we'll work on yeah. which was great for me because I felt like I could kind of prepare more maybe with, especially with yeah. stuff I would be maybe a bit weird about trying like different keyboard bits or something it was like yeah. cool I can kind of get get ahead of the game so that mm. was really good but mm. from my own personal point of view it wasn't great I did like some projects and bits and bobs but it wasn't like I didn't I didn't have the most creative year. I spent most of it just drinking, to be fair. And like, <laughs> I'm just looking at my guitar in the corner and thinking, I hate you. <laughs> I oh, hate you so much. <laughs> it's such an That's emotional. No, I have that relation. I have, I have looked at my guitar and thought, I hate you. Like, definitely <laughs> at times. Like, stop putting pressure on me. <laughs> oh, yeah. just like, look at you. You're so fucking smug with your fucking <laughs> niceness fuck off like <laughs> just really like have really but i'm yeah yeah i sometimes i i think it's i love it yeah yeah mm. once i feel like i'm better this year well me and ben are probably in the same way i we're both learning a lot of a lot of riffs right well this house is full of led zeppelin <laughs> this house is full of led zeppelin right now just been playing, playing a yeah. lot of led zeppelin recently <laughs> Kind of like remembering why you like playing guitar yes. in the first place. Yeah. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And Are that's you guys, been really have good. Have you got like a Led Zeppelin covers band down in your basement right now? Is that what's With, happening? I think we should, to be honest. But Isn't I, there a drummer in your house? It is a drummer. It is. We could do it. <gasps> There's two. There's two. We could have a dual drummer Led Zeppelin tri tribute. I want to see a live. I want to see a live stream <laughs> with with the two drummers Led Zeppelin covers <laughs> band from your basement from your stinky That'd be basement. Sick. We did yeah. do a jam with the two drummers, like in May or something. Mm. Yeah, me and Jake on keys. Two drums. Yeah, it was that was really good as well. That feels mad because that was what was yeah May. That yeah, felt so May. late into lockdown. In my head, it's like October. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, it really yeah. felt like we'd been inside for a long time at that point. Yeah, yeah I guess we had, you know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, as as Ben said, not forcing it right is the key. Um, but sometimes you like I was like that a lot last year, and then this year I've been like, no, let's spend an hour just playing guitar for fun, man. Like it's meant to be fun. 
and it's yeah, I feel like I'm getting yeah. in the groove of it more now so that's good <laughs> I think that's what's happened to me the last few months I've remembered like oh this is supposed to be I think because all of the stuff's got taken away the business side of it got taken away and I'm through the other side of the release and there's no gigs and I'm not managing people and I'm not earning any money from it so I don't have an expectation to earn money from it so I just am reconnecting with like this is supposed to be playful and silly and fun and I'm supposed mm. to enjoy myself that's the aim exactly. like yeah. yeah this matter gets to a point where like you end up with these obligations like yeah for the first few months of lockdown I was like I need to make a new release I need to do it mm. and I'd sit there and I'd feel really anxious about it and then not do anything mm. and then I realized it's fine rather than like this specific thing that I think I need to do it's fine if I just like play some riffs for a couple of hours yeah do what I that's therapeutic can that's do or do what I want fun. to do so yeah it, it can be any type of creative thing yeah. it doesn't have to be that specific thing that you can yeah do. totally my favorite thing is getting all the guitar pedals on and getting my loop station out and just like <laughs> just burying myself in drones I've got an Evo um as well and just burying my Chris came home last night and I think I was like cross-legged on the floor with my head like down just like rocking back and forth in this kind of like <laughs> ambient trance it was great that's like that's the stuff what are, we, stuff. what are we doing People trying to make records? Yeah, that. yeah, that's yeah. true. That's all new to me. I'm like doing the teenage <laughs> guitar stuff still. Like, I didn't do all of that when I was younger. So, yeah. Well, I'm the same with Led Zeppelin. I never played Led Zeppelin when I was younger. Yes. Now I'm like, what an amazing band. <laughs> or at least, you know, aside from everything else about that band, I like the riffs, put it that way. <laughs> they got some pretty great riffs. They got some amazing riffs. But really fun. And the Stooges as well. That's the other one. Nice. Just good stuff. Nice. Rock, rock, R A W K, rock. <laughs> uh, that kind of music, you know. And also, like, <laughs> if if there's remixes by other people that you like, I'm just I'm just kind of making a Spotify playlist of like everyone's remixes and remixes they like. Do you have? Yeah. So if you have any, do you, um, want, do you want them now? Or do you want yeah, go for it. Off? Tell me about it now if you have one that you like, and then you can tell me a bit about it. Well, I just I stumbled across something recently. Um, with a lot of artists that I really like, I don't necessarily tend to dig into like the remix releases. Mm, Normally, yeah, I sort either. of come across them by accident. Yeah. Um, there's a really good little remix release of some of the songs from um, Biophilia by uh, Bjork. Oh yeah. Um, there's there's a couple of really good Death Grips remixes on there. Oh. Also, if I listen to the album before on Spotify. Um, Bonicura, it automatically plays into the like the remix the, album, which is okay. just called Bastards. <laughs> and uh, nice. the first track on there is by Omar Soliman, which is really good as well. Oh my god! Very him, but with just like Bjork vocal samples. Oh my gosh! I want to hear that. Yeah. Um, so I recommend just that whole album. Bastard. Bastards, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can listen to it. Have you got any, Jake, that you like? Any remixes? Uh, well, one I can think of. Yeah. Um, I, to be honest, it's probably, I'm thinking about it, it probably is my favourite because it really shifted my perception of like remixes when I heard it um, uh, in, into how they have to be bangers. Um, <laughs> there's this 80s singer called Gwen Guthrie, who's um, like, a, uh, she was very relative. She did Ain't Going On Nothing, Ain't Going, Ain't Nothing On But The Rent or whatever it's called. That, oh, yeah. You know, I think I great know song. song. But she yeah. had a song called Seventh Heaven, which was remixed by 
a guy called Larry Levan. Um, not to get too in depth, but he applied. He does like a. It's like a funk song, funk pop song, and he chops it up and kind of spreads it out and makes it really long. And it takes a, a while to, for each element to come in. Mm. And he applies loads of like dub and stuff, like dub echo and things. And yeah. uh, I remember I was in, I was somewhere, and I was, I was. It was like an, it was like in the middle of the afternoon, and it, and I was just sat there somewhere. I can't remember where I was. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And I was like, what is this? This is amazing. And I, you know, how often does that happen? And it turned out yeah. it was like this remix by this guy and it sent me on this trip of like the idea of remixes and you can apply all these dub effects and echoes and all this sort of stuff mm. so yeah seven Heaven by Gwen Guthrie Larry Levan remix so yeah that's my one nice thanks guys look forward to digging into those cool I think that's all that's nice chat isn't it people like nice chats it's cool <laughs> I'm really I'm loving hearing how people are are doing things and <laughs> I love hearing my <laughs> songs just totally reimagined because I I'm quite I'm quite romantic about um because of the way I write because I often write a song with a, a lyric and one instrument for me there's a million possibilities of how I can edit that to start with or how I can produce it or what I can add to it and speed it up and slow it down. So there's like, I feel like when I finish a song, I'm looking at like 10 different pathways or more. And I love, you know, I pick one eventually and I love hearing another one. <laughs> I just think <laughs> like, and this song for me, like this is in the, in the context of my set, like this is my banger. Um, so it's nice to have it be, a real banger like an actual club banger so i love it i'm gonna send it to my dj mates my friends who play out and see if anyone will play it out that, that would, would be, be fun amazing. wouldn't it yeah it'd be great it'd be incredible yeah out out to clubs can't Whenever fucking wait i can't wait <laughs> nice. it's gonna be so good i'm gonna come and see all your bands <laughs> it's gonna be great i haven't seen any of you play live ever so that's gonna be so great Nice one. Um, what's in store this evening? Hmm, that's, Maybe that's, some Led Zeppelin. Led oh, yes. Zeppelin riffs, okay, yeah, and some disco, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Not okay. at the same time. No, I think that that's a great idea. No, to see what happens. Not a Led Zeppelin remix. Unless. Oh, I think it's a really good idea. <laughs> I think it's a really good idea. Mega mix. Oh yeah, mega mix. Like three three Led Zeppelin songs yeah. like mushed together with a disco beat underneath. Nice. Okay. Thanks for thanks for spending some time with me, guys. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um see you. I don't Whenever. know see you around. At some point. <laughs> Nice. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for having us. This has been fun. Yeah. Hope it's been alright. No, it's been yeah. awesome. It's been, it's cool. been really interesting. It's been perfect. Good. Nice. Um, cool. All right. Well, I'll speak to you guys soon. Cool. Take care. Thanks. See you later. Bye. Ah, oh, thank you guys. Thanks, Jake and Ben. I have actually seen them since because we're we've been allowed to go to pubs. I have had a pint with them, and it was real nice. We sat outside and uh, Sunny King Street and it was really nice to see them very recently um, that's a nice thing that's happening I hope you're all feeling okay out there it's um oh, I've mixed feelings I've really mixed feelings about 
the 19th of July, which is kind of Freedom Day, the dubbed it in the UK, well, in England. And I have a gig on the 28th of July and I and it was kind of billed as a social distance show and now I don't know what's going to happen and I feel strange about putting everybody that wants to come and see the show in that position and putting my band in that position and putting the the staff of the bar in that position but I also really want to just rock out and have people swaying around and bumping into each other and, and enjoying the music so it's mixed feelings times I'm like a pendulum swinging between what what I feel like I want and what feels safe and if you're a pendulum at the moment I'm with you but um whatever position you're in just sending you loads of love and we can go out and see shows and I do recommend that you look up Jake's projects Twin Siblings and Sugar Horse and Ben's projects Rainbow Slicer and Ojive's Big Band because they will be doing shows and it's really cool stuff I've put links in the description to their music you can check them all out on Bandcamp and I've put a link to the playlist on Spotify where I'm putting all of the remixes that are being made and then the extra remixes um, that we talk about with each artist in each episode this has kind of become this mishmash resource of what is a remix and what does it sound like and I, I think it's really cool so check that out that that link is also in the description and links to everything over on our podcast webpage on my website, nolahonan.com forward slash podcast. And the whole album of remixes is going to be out next week, Friday the 23rd of July. And so I'm going to be hopefully quick firing once we're, once the whole album is out, I'm going to be releasing all the podcasts um, with all the remaining artists. Uh, and, and you get to hear my fun chats. If you've enjoyed this or it's been interesting or it's made you want to know more about making your own music or I don't know, whatever's you're thinking about, please get in touch. I love it when people get in touch. It's real nice. You can get in touch with me via my website or Instagram, at Nola Honan, Twitter, Facebook, all of those things. And please subscribe to this podcast on whatever format you're listening to. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll get all of the nice remix uh, artist episodes and then and then we've got a future to think about guys i mean in more ways than one but phoning with honan what is the future beyond these remix podcasts i don't know but i've had the most amazing time the last 18 months when i've made these podcasts it's been um i really love it i love it podcasts are great talking to people's great sharing things is great connecting with you guys out there is great it's great <laughs> so stay in touch and I will see you in the next episode, which I believe will be Hannah Mool, who's made a rework of my song, Slow Down, which is already out. So, uh, yeah, stay in touch. Thanks again, Jake and Ben. And stay well, everybody. Stay well. Look after yourselves and each other. Bye.